Are you tired of the endless stream of fantasy marketing and vanity metrics? Yeah, so am I. My name is James Patrick, and I'm an internationally published photographer, media specialist, and marketing strategist. I'm also a student of professional development, and like you, I've been left frustrated by all of this influencer-driven generic advice making us think that we are just one course, conference, or manifestation away from the life of our dreams. We need to cut through this crap and move beyond the posturing, beyond the facade, beyond the image to take real action on the real work that will create the real results. This is the Beyond the Image podcast. What is going on? And thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Beyond the Image podcast. Now, a recurring theme that comes up on this show and one that I feel is important to to bring back into the into the conversation is how we as critically busy professionals and whatever it is we choose to spend our time on, whether it's our our business or businesses, whether it's in our our mental development, whatever it is we are really myopically focusing on, the dangers we run into when we are not prioritizing our health and our wellness. So my guest today is Joel Evan. He is a holistic health coach. He's also the host of the Hat Life podcast. Joel, how are you doing today, buddy? Let's go, brother. Excited to be here. I got pumped just listening to your intro. Oh, I appreciate it. So Let's let's start here. Why why is it that you know critically busy professionals are really struggling to prioritize health? I mean, they excel at one area of their lives, but yet they they seem to have some complications about replicating this in in their personal lives. That's a great question and it's actually really really simple. The reason they don't seem to get it is because so many professionals they think it's separate they think that it's, you know, oh, my, my, my business is going great. And so they make excuses for the reason maybe their health or their relationship is not doing well. But the fact of the matter and the, the thing that I always try to drive people to is that it's all one. It's all one thing. There's no such thing. We can't compartmentalize like, you know, uh, my, my job, like I said, my job, I'm making, I'm driving a Ferrari, but my health sucks or I'm 300 pounds or I'm overweight. Or my relationship with my kid sucks. No, it's all one thing. It's mind, body, soul. It's all one thing. And so, and I really try to explain when, imagine if your health was dialed in, if your health was dialed in, you would probably make $2 million. You know, you would, you would even sell more widgets or whatever it is that you're doing. And so I think that's the, the critical missing piece. And that again, all of us try to say that it's, it's, it's okay. Cause I'm, 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 I'm doing very well in this area. But you could be doing better, and it's all one thing. Let's stop pretending that uh, there's this work-life balance. There's no such thing. I think you bring up a really important point, and you know, I'll add to that. I think there's this imaginary conclusion or finish line for a lot of entrepreneurs and, and and those who are critically busy, which is once I reach a certain level, and they may never actually define what that level is. It's just, you know, quote unquote, certain level. Once I make enough money, once my business gets to a certain level, once I reach this certain status of fulfillment, then I will not only will I make time, I'll just have the time to invest right. into my health. I'll have the time to invest in my mindset. I'll have the time to invest in relationships because, you know, success just, <laughs> there's one thing we know about success. It just opens up our schedules. And <laughs> and we have this, this crazy misperception that that's actually true. Um, now, when you're starting to work with professionals, what is the catalyst or the inciting incident that finally gets them to 
realize that this is not going to happen the way that they think it is. There is not going to be this imaginary treasure trove of, of time and freedom at the end of this rainbow uh, and that they actually need to take control of choices today. Yeah, great, great question. I want to actually just kind of dive in on one more part of what you just said. And you're absolutely right. You have to be the person you want to, you want, let's say you want to lose 25 pounds, right? Or you want to be an optimal, you have to, you can't stop asking or pretending like when I get that, then I'm going to have this. No, you have to be, do, have. That's the formula. Start being the person. Start acting like the person that already lost 25 pounds. What does that person do? What does that person look like? How do they wake up in the morning? What are the habits that they have? And you you hit on it just beautifully is that people think that when they get something, then they will reach that level of fulfillment. And they're always striving. And there's this idea of stop striving, start arriving. Start being in the moment right now. What is that like? One of my good mentors, uh, Dave Meltzer, you know, he says so beautifully too, like health is his number one non-negotiable. And the reason being is a healthy person has as many wishes as they want. An unhealthy person, they only have one and that's to be healthy. Look at Steve Jobs. I mean, there's a perfect example, an amazing human being that died of cancer. You think he had all the money in the world. You think that he wouldn't have wished or wanted that he was in better health? Because if he was, he would have gone on and imagine all the other things he would have done and, and the amazing things he would have done for us in the world. But that was taken away from him. So health is so, so vitally important. Now, to answer your question regarding what is that catalyst? What is that moment? I think they just start to realize that they are, they are lacking. And they, are, they start to, I would call it leaks right? They start to bleed out there. There's parts of them that are leaking from really reaching the highest version of who they are. And I think a lot of the people that I end up talking with too, is these people, they've gotten stuck. And some people call it maybe they're, oh, you know, you're having a midlife crisis. Well, a lot of people are starting to have this realization. They're in their thirties, they're in their forties. And maybe they were told to go out and get a good job and, you know, get a good job that has a pension that has a 401k, and so they just start living someone else's life. They start living the beliefs of someone else. And then they hit 30, 40, and they realize, oh, my God, what have I been doing my whole life? This is not who I wanted to be. This isn't the job I wanted. This isn't the marriage that I wanted. And they thought they had this perfect life with this white picket fence. And again, they had the pension, the job, the Ferrari and all these things. But they realize none of that fulfills them. None of that makes them happy. And I think that's the moment when they start to realize, holy crap, what do I do? I need to make some changes. You know, one of the things that is coming to my mind with this is the resistance that might come up once once an individual starts to make these decisions to decide, you know what, I might want to invest in in my health is, well, you know, I'm just, I don't know if I have enough time. And you know what, I... Works kind of crazy. I might need to wait a little bit, or there's just no way I can fit this into my schedule. I'm just, I'm just too busy. And and they they develop all these um, reasons. I don't like the word necessarily excuses, but there are reasons to them. And the reason I use the word reasons over excuses is, I remember this statement that was said to me uh, about sales, and it to surmise it was like whether or not you think you're going to make this sale. You're right. 
Yeah. And that was it. Like, if you think you're going to make it, you'll make it. If you think you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. So if, if you believe you do not have time in your schedule to work out, you're right. You don't. And if you believe you're too busy to work out, you're right. You are. Uh, but that belief is very subjective and it's, it's, it's different for each person. How do you work with individuals to get them to start to shift that worldview or that perception of where their priorities can lie? So good. And one of the things I pride myself on is that I, I am a busy professional. I've been a busy professional and I always, I, you know, not a lot of people know this about me, but I was a, uh, I was a first responder for almost 15 years. And so I live and breathe the life. Um, you know, I was a police officer and I made in, in two metro, big metropolitan areas. I worked a lot of overtime. I was called in for protests and all kinds of things. So, uh, I was the sole provider of the family. I have two young boys, nine and five years old. And so I know what it's like to be busy. And I had a side business before that became my actual business now, but I was doing all these things. And so my workouts shifted when my boys were born from the cross. I was doing CrossFit and jujitsu. And my wife said to me, she goes, Joel, you think you can really keep this up when we have uh, our kids? And I said, yeah, I can. Of course I can. Like, this is who I am. This is, I'm very goal oriented. I've always been able to do this. It'll be no problem. And I was wrong. And I had to start giving those things up. And so I had to figure out strategies and tactics. How do I do this, even if it's only 10 to 20 minutes a day? And I've been living and breathing that for the last at least nine years because that's my oldest. That's how old he is. And so there's absolutely proof that, yeah, I think you're right. Time is the biggest barrier for entrepreneurs or any busy professional, whatever that might be. That is the, the, the biggest barrier for everybody, but it's, it's actually doable. And that's what I want to create for people. Like when you understand the principles of health, your body can't be overweight because a healthy body can't be overweight. And we just need to start triggering some of these consistent habits over time. These stack, stack these small wins. And the more you start stacking them, they lead to huge results. And, um, Again, you know, there's actually a lot of good studies out there and I, something, a lot of the, the protocols that I've developed and I like to use, there's a lot of good studies showing that these 10-minute workouts are powerful for fat loss, cardiovascular health, VO2 max. So like you said, there's a lot of reasons out there, but there's also a lot of reasons why you can actually fit in 10 minutes a day and still get massive results. What, what I love about this is, you know, I'm kind of like laying this over my own journey and so much of what required me to make a change was just kind of this slap in the face realization of this is never going to get better for me unless I change what I, what I am unhappy with. Um, and the result of building this great business Maybe I'm not going to live long enough to see it succeed. Maybe I'll be too stressed out to ever enjoy it, or maybe I'll grow it. It will succeed, but I'll be alone and thus known to celebrate with like all these other things that I thought were secondary um, ended up actually being more important to me. And I had to shift that and focus on my physical health, focus on my, my mental nourishment, focus on fostering relationships. And you're absolutely right. I not only was more effective in my business. I was more efficient in my business with being 
shifting that priority of, of that body, the mind, the relationships, and then the business, I got more done and was more profitable in doing it. Now, I love that you brought up the shift that happened when you became a father, because the same thing happened to me when I became a father. My son is a year and a half. And I thought, well, I'm just going to do what I did before. And I had this, this very intense cognitive dissonance when I tried to do that and it wasn't working. And I had to create a completely new system that works for me now, but it required adaptation and required changing and required just a willingness to be flexible to, to create what I believe is a priority in my life. Um, what are some of the initial steps you take? Cause you talk about habit stacking. And I think that's, that's a really interesting thing to unpack. What are some of the steps you take to start to ingrain some of these small habits that you can build upon with your clients? So good. Yeah. From one father to another, you, you understand, you know, yeah, it's such, it's such a big transition. Um, you know, one of the big things I think that people need to understand is they, they have flip-flopped in maybe their health or they failed in the past and they've tried these diets and they've, they've tried exercise. And what I ask them is, you know, I'm like, well, what do you think you need to do more of? And they always, oh, I just need to exercise more and eat less. And I'm like, well, if that were true, then you would be already doing that, but you haven't. So clearly something's missing. And the big thing I see is mindset. So with everybody, I always start with the mindset work. Like, what's your, what's your vision? You know, what, what's your mission? What do you want to, what do you want to create in the world? What do you want to do? Like what, like livens you, what's your, uh, what's your, you know, clarity, affirmations, goal setting. People are so out of tune with this and they have no idea. And so it's really un I, I would say what are you the one of the biggest things I think that I that I look at is what are you not doing? What are you not doing? Let's let's shed light into that. And most people again I I kind of highlighted this early on James is most people are living in with limiting beliefs and they're living someone else's version of a life that they thought was good for them. And so when we really start to unravel that, when we start to unpack these limiting beliefs and what's getting in the way, what is interfering from them, they're already perfect as they are, but what's interfering from them from reaching that highest version of themselves, then we see all this transformation. Now, from a tactical standpoint, what are some things that, that I will do with, with clients? is very simple, is start to implement these tiny habits. And I kind of mentioned to it earlier with the small wins. If we can just start to implement little things, like I've mentioned, 10 minutes a day. I've been doing 10 minutes a day workouts. And I, and don't get me wrong, there's days that I do go longer, maybe 20 minutes, just depending what my schedule is like. But I've been doing that consistently for, geez, over nine years. And when I look back and I think, man, how, how have I been able to maintain this consistency that, you know, where some people can't, uh, I just turned 40 years old. I have a lot of friends who, you know, when I went to the police academy in their thirties, we were all in the top shape. And now I look at them and they're moving a lot slower. They're a little bit heavier. And I think, man, what, what is the biggest difference? And the biggest difference is those habits and how do you, and, and I think people miss they underestimate the power of those small habits. They think it's not going to make that much of a difference. But over time, that compounds. And the key here, guys, the key is it's a shift in identity. And when you switch your identity, like I can't imagine myself not working out 10 minutes a day. That's how my, my identity's changed. I'm no, I could no longer, it would be painful for me not to do anything. That is the transition. When you have a shift in identity, man, you're a different person. 
I think this is critically important because listeners are going to think, well, there's no way that I could change myself with 10 minutes that I need to go in all or nothing. And, you know, come Monday morning, because for some reason it's always on a Monday, um, I'm going to, it's going to be 90 minutes. I'll do, you know, 30 minutes of cardio followed by 60 minutes of weight training. And by about Wednesday, I'm hitting the snooze button uh, because this was too big of a shock to, to my schedule, to my system. I cannot maintain this, but your encouragement was no, we're actually going to be doing 10 minutes. Um, help explain how 10 minutes stacked day after day after day is actually going to create more lasting results, more consistent results. Um, because my guess is many days it's not 10 minutes. Many days you might go beyond 10 minutes. 10 minutes is the threshold. Um, help, help shed some light on this because I, I really like this point. Yeah, so we you know, we want to start conditioning the mind to to get used to these new habits. And it's overwhelming. If you just look at the trends, you know, I used to go to Gold's gym like we were talking about as dads, I have I do everything in my house now. I don't go to a gym. And you know, I when I was 18 years old, I would go to the gym 6 days a week. That was just kind of who I, I probably from like 18 to 25 I was at Gold's gym working out. And so every January I would see the crowds just come in and I couldn't get in in a, in a weightlifting session. I'm like, geez, this is ridiculous. By February, everybody was gone. The gym was back to normal. And we, we just saw that over time. It was kind of funny to see. And again, people overwhelm themselves by creating this massive goal that they're going to do. And, and they, and they, they, they have good intentions and they want to go crush it. And so they're going, you know, they're watching maybe an, inter uh, they're, maybe they just got up and watched a, a David Goggins uh, Instagram reel and they got motivated to go hard and, 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 and get, and get in there. And so they go hard, but they blow themselves out because they went five days a week and they're taxed. And now Monday, the next week comes and they're like, ah, oh, well, you know, I'm still pretty sore from last week. So, you know, maybe I'll, I'll wake up, I'll wake up later today. I'll give myself some grace. Then Tuesday I'll go. And then what happens? They miss Tuesday. Okay, now we're now we're starting to fall back. Now we're falling. Then they go Wednesday, but it's not a great workout. And so we see this all the time over and over again. And James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, talked about it very clearly. Like, go make these habits sticky. We just want to condition the brain and we want to create celebrations on top of that, which I find fascinating for, for habit, uh, for forming habits. And I don't think any of us, including myself, because I have a problem celebrating myself and I'm sure many people feel that way, but believe it or not, when you celebrate your habits, you are, that is creates an emotion and emotions guys actually embed memories. And so we want to use celebration every time you do a habit, if it's a minute, if it's 10 minutes, if it's five minutes, we want to celebrate that action. And by doing that, you're conditioning your mind. You're saying, oh, this is a good thing. Yeah, I like doing this. I'm showing up. Even if I were to do something as ridiculous as drive myself to the gym and check in and then walk out of the gym and leave, I've I'm starting to slowly condition myself like I go to the gym. I go to the gym five days a week, even if it's only for a minute. Next thing you know, we want to condition to the habit where it's like, okay, well, I'm already here. I might as well at least work out or I might as well at least do something. And so the more you, again, we're just conditioning the mind. It's a mindset thing. Like I said early on, it's a mindset thing. It's not that you need to exercise more and eat less. Like if that were the problem, again, everyone would be doing it, but it's not the case. So it's reprogramming the mind 
and building those small wins. And I think the one of the key factors really is celebrating your wins, doing things. Um, even if I were again, just to do, you come in the house and you use, let's just say, this is a great one to do. Let's say you just want to, you want to start exercising more and you're like, yeah, okay. This Joel's got me fired up, but uh, I'm not going to go to the gym because that's just too far away or whatever. So make your habits easy. That's number one. You have a house. So let's say you finish your work at 5 PM. You walk into the house, you walk in the door frame, you throw the keys on the counter and boom, you do, do one push up. Do two push-ups, do three. So we're anchoring that habit to something that you regularly do. It's re- it's gonna be regular that you are going to come home from work. So boom, you come through, you anchor that habit to something you regularly do, you do five push-ups. By week two, you're probably gonna be doing 10 push-ups. By week three, you might be doing 15. Man, by week by week four, you might just create a whole new push-up program. So that is the power of that compounding effect. And, and I don't think people um they don't understand it. They might understand it with money, but they don't They don't bring it to their own habits and what they can actually manifest over time. You actually answered the question before I was going to ask it. Uh, so, so thank you for that. Because the thing that I was curious about is how do we continue momentum over time? Um, because one of the things that helps propel momentum is results. But if we're building incrementally, we're not going to notice changes day to day and ultimately in health that's not how health works anyway. Um, and that could lead people to be dismayed after a week or two, or they're like, well, I look the same. Okay. Maybe you do. I, it's, it's hard to say day to day. You probably do. Um, so how do you create this momentum? Well, it's by connecting an award to, to the, to the habit. And I'd, I'd never heard that. I've, I've heard of connecting awards to results. In fact, I just did a podcast on why we need to celebrate our, our wins within our business. But you're right. We need to celebrate our wins within our, our personal lives because there is no, and you hit, you said this, there's no mystery on how to be healthier. It's, it, it is fairly simple, but yet we're struggling with it because we don't want to or we don't think we want to, or we don't think we can, like there's something that we're thinking that is not in alignment with the, with the result we want. Um, so I love this idea about connecting a celebration to the habit. And I realize that I'm actually doing some of this. Um, one of the things I notice is when I meditate daily and I, once again, I love that you said, make your habits easy. My, my meditation habit is 60 seconds. I often do more you're, than you're, that, but you got it. Seconds. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, here's, here's how I do it. It will, when I do it often, I notice I'm more productive. I'm more grounded. I'm more calm. I'm less reactionary. I'm less prone to get angry with my team or with, you know, in my family. Like I'm just overall a less of an asshole. Um, and my you and business, me, you and me better. both, you yeah. and me both. Yes. Um, <laughs> but knowing that is not enough to get me to meditate every day. Yeah, because in that moment, it's I'm tired or I just want to read or I just want to watch the show or I just want to zone out. You know, I just relaxing is fine, you know, and I'll, I'll make up an excuse. So what I ended up doing is um, at the gym, they got this amazing massage chair, which is just so great for my lower back. That's the gift. I meditate right before I get on the chair. And so because those two are connected, I never get on the chair without meditating. Mm. I'm rewarding myself for the meditation. So the fact that 
this, which is, by the way, I'm also using this at the end of my workout too. So I'm double dipping. <laughs> Don't I, double getting, dip the chip, Costanza. Yes. I, I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> two habits out of yes, one, out of go. one celebration. But yeah, um, it it has made a daily meditation practice so easily attainable that I can't skip it. And because I can't skip it, now now I'm getting these compounded effects. So it's about, okay, another one of my things is I want to journal a page a day. Well, I just need to figure out what that celebration is. For and Maybe it's that first cup of coffee in the day. And once I am able to get that one page in my journal, I get to have my celebratory first cup of coffee of the day. And that's something I can... I can savor. So I, I really like this, this methodology. Um, are there any other recommendations you'd have, like, as we're expanding the timeline to keep people increasing their input into these goals and habits? Yeah. And, and, and to what you said, by the way, I always tell clients and uh, it is, I remember when I was in the gym in my twenties and I had a friend who, who, just started working out. He goes, Joel, I, I, I want to get bigger like you. And uh, I said, cool. Um, yeah, I'm happy to help help you, man. I said, uh, just so you know, don't expect any results for three months. And now I had been in the gym for like two years. So now I could say that I, I, I actually had that, you know, that knowledge, that wisdom. And I didn't have that at the, in the beginning. I just wanted to I mean, who, I don't remember what my mindset was, you know, when I first started, it was just to get big and hopefully girls would like me. And he was like, no, no way. Seriously. And I was like, oh yeah. And I remember three months had passed and he said, I'm so glad you told me that because you were absolutely right. And so I think that all the time that sticks with me in my mind. And I tell clients that, and they all say the same thing and they're like, yep, you were so right. So again, when we attach some of those expectations or it's the definition that you have of success, right? And when we think about like someone great, like Robin Williams, right? I don't know what went down with him exactly, but here's a man who seems to have it all and he committed suicide. And what a travesty, I think, man, here's someone who was, did he, did he equate success with, or I should say achievement, achieving something with six, you know, is that being successful versus being fulfilled? And there's going to be days, like you said, where you show up and man, you, you, you didn't, you didn't have the greatest workout or you didn't lose weight or you didn't lose a pound, but are you fulfilled? Are you still fulfilled in who you are? And I, so I, to answer your question though, how do high performers and how do, how do we stay on task when things are not easy and we don't see the results that we want? We don't feel fulfilled. We don't feel achieved. How can you even like create an emotion around something like this sucks? This is terrible. This is not working, right? Mm -hmm. um, the the key is the mindset work, and that is for me every day. You know, especially that that is something that I do every day, regardless, because my mind plays tricks on me. I don't care who you are. My mind is very smart, and it's and the mind, the brain loves the path of least resistance. It's mm -hmm. lazy, and it likes to find patterns to make it easier for it to do less. And I know that, and I still fall into those traps. So for me, I have to condition myself to do the mindset work daily. I find that if you're not doing some type of mindset practice, you mentioned journaling, meditation, visualization, affirmation, some kind of goal-setting work. If you're not doing that on a daily basis – and the, the second thing uh, I'll say to that, James, is having a tribe, having a community, having people that will uplift you and keep you going on the journey, having a coach. Because 
when you surround yourself with people that are going through the same thing that you're going through, there is that community and that connection that can uplift you. And the example I like to give is imagine you're trying to start a business and you're hanging around all your friends that are nine to fivers. Well, they're all going to tell you, Joel, what are you doing? You suck. Like, come on back, man. Like, this is secure money. You can get a pension and a 401k and do all this stuff. Are you, you're crazy. Why would you do that? Come on, man. I, you're having a tough day. Just come back to our side. No, you need to be surrounded with the James Patricks. You need to be surrounded by others that are like, hey, man, just stay with it. This is going to get better. You're going to start seeing success. And so I think those are two really big critical points for everybody. I'd love for you to put some more light upon this idea of fulfillment, because one of the mistakes I think we as entrepreneurs make is we attach a metric outcome to our ability to feel fulfilled. And whether or not we hit it, let's just assume we do because we're driven, we're not going to feel it or we, or it'll be fleeting at best because we'll just move the finish line. Well, yes, I netted X amount, but I didn't net Y. I need to net Y. And then when you net Y, it's like, shit, I didn't hit Z and I need to hit Z. And it just keeps being pushed and being pushed. And I've often felt that fulfillment is more a choice than than being based upon the conditions that we have. And, and we have to make that choice every day, regardless of how positive or not positive our current situation might be. Um, but I'd love your take on creating fulfillment and actually setting goals that, because I think this is another side of it and it's important side of it where it's like, let's just say I set a goal of, oh, I want to be 175 pounds. It's not really likely for me. And I'll be honest, I'm never going to do it because uh, it's really not that important to me. I don't give a shit about 170. It's 175 pounds means nothing to me. It's Perfect. just a number yeah. I pulled out of my head. Yeah. Um, so just I'm never like going to do said, it. Whether you said, whether, whether you believe it's true or not, it, you're right either way. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but I can have other goals about how active I want to be, let's say in my son's life. And those I probably will hit, right? So I'd love, I'd love your, your opinion on how these correlate between setting goals that are not hollow goals, that are actually attainable goals, as well as understanding how to choose fulfillment regardless of the outcome of these goals. Oh, so good. So one of the things when I'm talking with clients, because so, and actually I'm going to tell you, you know, some of my thoughts have changed on this just recently, actually. So I'm going to give you kind of a deep dive into where my mind's going. Cause I, I, I think about health on a very high level and even on like a metaphysical level. So I'll, I'll kind of dive into that briefly, but this still works regardless. And I see it work with clients and including myself when, when you're setting these goals. Like, so for example, I want to lose 25 pounds. Well, why do you want to lose 25 pounds? Well, because I'm, I want to look good. I want to be, you know, I want people to like me. I want to fit into an old dress. I want to look good in old photos that comes up all the time, right? You're a photographer, you know, right? That's why you got to lose this weight. I got to lose the 25 pounds. And that's great. But why do you want to lose 25 pounds? I would, there's a, there's a really cool exercise you can do. Ask yourself why seven times, but why? So why do you want to lose seven pounds? So that I look good so that I can make this photo shoot, but why? Because people will like me, but why do people, why do you need people to like you? Because it, I may, I don't know. It makes me a lot of money, but why do you need to make a lot of money? Now we're getting somewhere mm -hmm. because I 
love my son and I want to make sure he's taken care of. Why do you love your son? Why do you want, why does he need to be taken care of? Because I will do anything for him and I will die for him. And he means the world to me. Why does he mean the world to you? You see where we're going here? So you need to have a deeper connection to your why. And you need to understand that this goal is so much more than you. And I'll give you an example of what just related to my own life. I have an income goal, just like we were talking about. And, but my income goal is, is tied to transformation because I love to see people reach the highest version of themselves. It's not about me. It's not about me hitting this money, this money goal. Yes, I would love to reach that goal. I want to reach that goal. That is a metric that I'm striving for. But it's about, but the why behind it is completely detached from me. It's about everybody else. It's about the impact that the world is going to have and will shape and change. And I imagine those people going on into other people's lives and changing their lives. That is what keeps me going because like you said, the money will, you'll always reach a certain amount of money and then you'll just need more. Now on a higher level, on a higher level, like a metaphysical level, um, there's a great book that I'm reading and speaking of meta metaphysics called I am that by Nisar Gadada. And when, for example, a lot of people do affirmations, right? I am rich. I am skinny. I am healthy. These are all great things to do. And there's some purpose to that. And that's kind of how I was uh, doing my affirmations and my manifestations. And I think it works by the way. I think there, there's some good stuff to it, but in Nisargadatta's, I am that on a high level, he says, I am, and that is it. You just are. And so that got me really thinking and like, well, how do I attach these? How, he actually says, be desireless, like desire nothing. And I'm like, but I have goals. This regard, what are you talking about? I, I want to achieve certain things. And he's like, it, it doesn't matter really. Like when you reach such a high level, and this got me thinking just this morning, James, if I just go out in the world, I now I'm, I'm actually reaching to the point where like money's really not even, uh, I'm not even thinking about the, the money that I want to make. I'm really just thinking of like, what excites me? What do I want to do? And just connecting to that and like, who am I going to serve? Who am I going to help? Who am I going to promote? And I just had this feeling deep down in my soul that somehow the, the money will work out. The money's going to come because I am, I'm just that. I am nothing. I am, I am. The only way to experience that is to experience it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I remember when I left my corporate job, I didn't really think so much about revenue. Um, my goal was a certain level of clientele and a certain aesthetic of work. And that was my focus and, and kind of day in and day out, uh, I poured myself into that and the money followed. Um, How amazing is that? <laughs> Go I was figure. Very, very happy with it. Yeah, of course. Until this is interesting. Until I noticed the money was there and I became self-conscious about it. Mm. And then I read this thing today that said, fear is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I had That's this right. fear at the time that, well, what if all of a sudden the work is hard to come by? Mm. And I got to tell you, Joel, I watched because I, for whatever reason, when I was, I don't know, 25, I was not putting this money in the bank. I just liked stacks of money at my house. I just watched this money go down and down and down and down in my safe. And it was because I became 
conscious of the fact that oh, I could lose this. Mm. This is something that can be lost. And that that became a pervasive thought. Uh, and all of a sudden, work was a bit harder to come by. And it wasn't until I had to recenter and refocus to realize, no, work is easy to get. Money is easy to make. That that completely shift around. And that's one of the reasons why I have to do this daily meditation habit, because it's so easy to fall back into these old patterns. As you said, the brain wants to go to what it knows, that path of least resistance. Well, I have, you know, 40 years of shitty money mindset and, you know, very conservative upbringing with my parents who, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and I you know how much same, that costs. I have costs. the same yeah. one. Yep. I had the same parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, on that note, James, I just say I, I just interviewed a guy who's a manifester and he like uh, channels and does some stuff. And you know what he told me uh, on the podcast? He said, Joel, he said, money's just energy. That's mm. it. It's just it's just energy. And I started thinking even more about that because we talk about, again, putting out the energy into the world and, and doing good and wanting that. And so that is also like why it's now it's like getting to the point where it's kind of hard for me to think like, oh, yeah, I want to make uh, $100,000 a month as a coach or something because eh, like it, it's just energy. Like I know if I actually create the energy and the and this is like high level, like if you want to get in like the woo woo or vibration or then like, but if I, literally if I just create the energy in the world to attract that, then then I will receive that energy, which is the byproduct is just money. Then I'll receive that. I don't need to strive for it. I need to, it goes back to the beginning. I need to just be that person. And the more you start just being and doing, you'll actually uh, attract that. I'm going to read you this thing from Nisar Gadada, if that's all right, that I read this morning. And I think it'll tie into everything we said. He says, the desire for truth is the highest of all desires, yet it is still a desire. All desires must be given up for the real to be. Remember that you are. This is your working capital. Rotate it, and there will be much profit. Mm, I really like that. I'm going to have to look up that book. That's really cool. Yeah, it's going to be a tough I, – I, I read one chapter a day because it, it's it's kind of heavy. For me, anyways, it is mm-hmm. um, to kind of internalize some of these ideas. It's But it's really – man, it really shifts things and puts things on its head. And again, t- thinking about on a higher level, like while we're, why are we all here and what, what are we all meant to be doing? Um, I think it'll, it'll open up some, uh, it'll open up some insights for us, for you, me, everybody. Joel, where can listeners go to be able to connect with you and learn more about the work that you're doing? Yeah. Go to joelevancoaching.com. You guys can shoot me an email info at joelevancoaching. I try to make things very simple, by the way. So joelevancoaching.com. You can find me on Instagram at joelevancoaching. Um, I think like all my social media from YouTube to TikTok, it's all, all of that. And then, uh, my, my podcast, the hacked life podcast. That's, that's where I get to interview amazing people like yourself, a lot of alternative health, um, professionals, people that think differently. I love to bring on disruptive people into my podcast, people that are doing something different. So whether it's health, mindset, mastery, entrepreneurs, I want to, these are the people I want to get into their brains. And I want to find out like, what is making them tick and how can we be better? And the reason I talk about alternative health so much is because, and we'll talk about it more on my show, but it's just, I've gone to the Western doctor and I never saw the results that I got from some of the holistic, uh, practitioners. So I'm all about results. Um, if a Western doctor gets results, then great. I'll go talk to him too, but I haven't seen it yet. So, uh, but yeah, um, that's, that's what the podcast is about. It's all about getting 1% better and uh, go check it out. 
Absolutely. We'll make sure those links are in the show notes. Joel, thank you so much for jumping on, man. It was such a pleasure. Likewise, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond the Image podcast. Please follow, like, and review wherever you happen to listen to the show. And if you want to connect to me, you can find me at jamespatrick.com, Instagram at jpatrickphoto, or you can text me any of your marketing questions to 480-605-3254. Thanks again.